0: Happy Saturday morning. It's a cool, quiet Saturday morning here in the hills of Saint Andrew, Jamaica. We got a lot of rain yesterday and this morning, well, it's one of those damp, cool mornings that I'm enjoying. The house is surprisingly quiet too. H is off the island. Normally he would be rehearsing his bass, but this morning it is quiet. I want to talk in this podcast for a little bit about the keto diet and eating low carb right here in the Caribbean. The keto diet is in the news these days. It's all over the news. Lots of noise, lots of talk, lots of information. And there are those of us living in the Caribbean who hear it and we dismiss the diet as yet another North American fad. Well, I've been keto since the end of August 2017 and counting, and I'm not alone. There is a small but growing community of us right here in the Caribbean and in the diaspora who are living the keto lifestyle, eating the delicious food that characterizes our region, losing weight, reclaiming our health. And in this episode, I want to cover some issues to show how this is not just an a North American fad. Truth be told, low-carb diets are not new, you know. Low-carb diets have been around since the early 1900s, 1920s, 1930s, and the keto diet was developed as a way to treat epileptic children. Um... Since then, the low-carb diets have taken on various iterations. We had Atkins, we had low-carb, we have keto, we have carnivore. But I think what I really want to get across in this podcast is that we must evaluate things on their own merit, Um, especially if what you have been doing forever is not serving you well, why would you not challenge it? Why would you not challenge it? The same health issues that beset the USA, for example, and let's let's talk about it openly and bluntly, obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, these have increased to almost epidemic proportions in North America. And guess what? Our region is not exempt we have a serious diabetes problem in the region, in Jamaica. And um, we're finding that this should not surprise us. We pattern, our nutritionists, our doctors, are taught from the same syllabus that nutritionists and doctors are taught from in the USA. We base our food choices On the standard American diet. The standard American diet says that 60% of the diet should be processed oils, sweets, and refined grains. 10% is unrefined plant food. And about 20%, 25% or so is meat and meat products and animal products. We have been taught from at school about the food pyramid. You know, picture the triangle. And at the base of it, most of what we should consume is the grains and the carbohydrates and so on. It ends at the very top with fat. You should only have those sparingly. That has not served us well. If you track the introduction of this knowledge base, how our so-called balanced meals should look, what they should be comprised of, and you track that alongside obesity and disease rates, you'll find out that something is not working. Something is not working. We have been getting fatter and fatter and sicker and sicker. Diabetes, cardiovascular disease has increased, have increased, and they're clustering with other conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, and so on. So why? Why? Why hasn't this balance, this notion of the balanced meal with all this carbs and grains and low fat, why hasn't it worked for us? Well, um, I don't want to get into the details on that, except to say it is a worthy question to ask. And I'm in the middle of reading a great book called The Big Fat Surprise by a journalist called Nina Shy calls. I don't think that I pronounced her last name right, but just Google Big Fat Surprise. And it goes into great detail about the various studies that have been done on fats and carbohydrates, but fats in particular, and the moderating impact of big food on the research and on the products that are available for us. And it is absolutely worth considering. I want to repeat the question that I asked at the beginning of this podcast. If something isn't working for you, why keep doing it? Why keep doing it? The thing about low-carb eating and the ketogenic diet or the keto diet is a low-carb diet, as I said at the beginning. It attacks what is thought to be the root of the obesity problem and the other diseases and conditions that are associated with obesity. Nutritional science has moved beyond mere calories in, calories out as the solution and the reason for being overweight. Absolutely. A calorie is not a calorie, is not a calorie. There's so much more. There's the whole moderating impact of your Hormone balance in your body and the way your body metabolizes different food from different sources. In my last podcast episode, where I spoke about snacking on the ketogenic diet, I went into a little detail about carbohydrate consumption and insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is the root is at the root of obesity and the other conditions and illnesses that are associated with it and um you can give it a listen but essentially let me try and get this in three sentences so in case you haven't listened to the previous episode um you can get it here because I think it is important to understand insulin resistance we consume carbohydrates what is a carbohydrate? I mean, some of you listening to this will understand exactly what a carbohydrate is. But I'm telling you, there are many people who are not clear. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in not understanding what a carb is. A carb or a carbohydrate, and I'm going to be saying carbs for short. That's that's how we say it, Right. So, when you think of the starchy kind of foods like rice and potato and pasta, sugar, those are carbohydrates. Sugar in products, sugar in beverages, um, yam, breadfruit, and I'm going to try and bring the, car- the ketogenic diet home to those of us living in the Caribbean because I want to show you how, it is, one, it is not a North American fad. Two, there are those of us who are doing it and doing it successfully and winning. And to share a little knowledge about some of the typical foods that we eat in the Caribbean and then how we can eat keto in the Caribbean. Um, so these starchy foods are carbs. When, and these sweet foods, sweet and starchy, those are carbs. So rice is a carb, breadfruit is a carb, bammy is a carb. The very sweet fruits we eat, high in sugar, those are carbs too. Um, And when we eat that, our body tries to release the energy from those carbohydrates um, by breaking it down. Insulin is a hormone that is critical in this metabolic pathway. Our body secretes insulin to break down the carbohydrates. Here's the thing most of us who are overweight and who struggle with uncontrollable appetites and huge appetites and sweet cravings and a difficulty in losing weight and a remarkable ease in gaining weight are likely insulin resistant it means we eat these starchy foods our body does what it's supposed to do by secreting the insulin the insulin is not as effective as it should be And so what you have is a surge in the blood sugar because all the carbohydrates break down to sugar in your blood. You have a surge in your blood sugar. You have a surge in your insulin levels. And because the insulin is not effective, the body secretes more and more insulin. And what you're left with is a high blood sugar level and high insulin levels, which results in inflammation all over your body. Uh, Your body tries to hold on to whatever fat is there for their life, like it heard a message that, look here, you're going to die if if you burn any fat. And the result is being overweight, difficulty in losing weight, and a host of other conditions that are directly linked to inflammation in your body. Okay, so let's back. I hope that my explanation on insulin resistance is clear enough. That's what happens when we eat these carbs, these sugary, these starchy foods. Even the so-called whole grain foods, brown rice, whole grain cereals, um, whole wheat flour, nonsense. All of them are still refined. All of them are rich in carbs. They might be rich in fiber, but they are richer in carbs. That's why we don't eat them on the low-carb diet because we understand the impact that it has on our blood sugar levels and on our insulin levels. And people, a lot of what we have been sold by food producers and food sellers is just absolutely not true. Do you think that our forefathers who were eating grain that they grew and caught in the wild, you think it's the same grain as today? Do you think that the fruits that they picked when they were in season are the same as they were today? No. Even the whole wheat flour that you buy in the supermarket has been processed, which means a lot of the natural benefits have been stripped out of it, right? You know that whole wheat bread has, they put coloring in a lot of the products to make it look brown and therefore more earthy and therefore more wholesome. Do you know that oranges and mangoes and so on have been bred, pineapples have been bred over the years and so that a lot of the fruits we eat these days have up to five times more sugar than they did back in the day when our ancestors used to have to walk and pick and grow what they ate? Yeah, so we're not comparing like with like. A lot of what is available today, the high carb foods, are not natural foods in the true sense of the word. They've been engineered and we're eating more of it and we're moving less. So let's get back to the question about that this podcast asked at the beginning. Can we do low carb here in the Caribbean? Well, like I said, I've been doing it for 19 months and counting. Why am I doing it? I knew from past experience that it was the only way that I was going to lose weight. I had, I had tried low-carb diets in the past, and they had worked. And I had stopped eating low-carb. And I, yeah, again, back the weight. <laughs> Natural, to be expected, right? Um, but I started doing it 19 months ago. Because I I knew it would work and I really wanted to lose weight. I have kept at it for two main reasons. One, it's working. I have lost weight and I need to lose some more. So I need to lose some more weight. So I need to continue doing what I'm doing. But I feel great. That's what has kept me going. Even though the weight loss for me, a 50-year-old woman, has been slow. My energy levels are great. My moods are stable. I sleep better. Sleep apnea gone. Asthma, I haven't used my asthma inhaler in the 19 months that I've been on this diet. Um, and I'd hate to say that on this way of eating. And I have challenged myself to find delicious food because I enjoy food. I'm one of those people that enjoy food. And so I challenged myself at the beginning of this journey to never be deprived and to eat only delicious food right so i i want to share a little bit about how i do it in order to get you thinking if you're a caribbean person if you, whether you're living in jamaica trinidad grenada st lucia vancouver england well, even if you're a part of the diaspora we still eat our jamaican foods can we do keto caribbean style Yes, we can. Um, the first thing is to understand exactly what a carb is, right? And I explain to you what carbs are, carbohydrates. So just let me give you uh, a little example of some of the traditional type foods that we eat here in the Caribbean. And they're what we call carb count. On typical calorie restrictive type diets, where they tell you eat less move more, which may you know not sustainable at all them difficult, they work for a time tea, but you really are perpetually hungry, and you can never outrun a bad diet, and you are perpetually hungry for a reason eh your perpe- when your insulin metabolism is screwed up because you're eating too many carbohydrates, you have actually set in motion. A vicious cycle of a never-ending appetite. You ever wonder how you can't eat just a pack of a bag of chips, part of a bag of chips or only three of the dozen cookies? It's not because you're weak or greedy you know. Your insulin metabolism is all screwed up because of your insulin resistance and when the insulin is not functioning as it should That feeling of fullness, that's our natural stop button or off switch is what I call it. It malfunctions. You never feel full, though. When you switch to becoming fat adapted as you do when you restrict carbohydrates in your diet and you're consuming proteins and fats and your body now switches from burning glucose or sugar for energy and your body starts burning fat for energy, and your insulin levels are stable, that on switch miraculously starts to work again. You actually feel full. You actually have less cravings. You're actually able to stop eating. I'm done. And you're burning your own fat for weight loss and for energy. What a sweet deal. Does it get any better than that? Burning your own fat and a controlled appetite? Look here now, this is a very viable solution for people, if you're like me, who have struggled with weight all your life, you find it hard to lose weight, and your appetite always seems to get the better of you. So, let's go back. One of the the things that I said is that the first way to win doing the keto diet, Caribbean style, is to understand exactly what a carbohydrate is, I said, carbs. Are our typical starchy foods and sweet foods. So, on this way of eating, we don't co- we don't count calories. We count carb grams, and. The, the the knowledge out there, the knowledge base says that if for weight loss, you should ideally keep your carb, your total daily carb intake, to 20 grams of carbs a day or less. Some people still burn fat when they consume carb grams, up to 50, 80 grams of carbs a day. You're going to have to do some trial and error to find out what works for you. I do suggest, though, that when you're just starting out, try and limit your carb intake to 20 grams or less per day just to get your body fat adapted as quickly as possible and start burning your own fat for energy. So, these numbers may sound abstract if you have no idea of the carb counts in some of the typical starchy and sweet foods that we consume. The average slice of bread... One slice, not hardo. Hardo bread would be more because hardo bread has a lot of sugar in it. But a slice of of white bread or a slice of even the so-called whole wheat bread is typically 15 grams of carbs per slice. So if you're trying to keep your carb count to 20 grams or less per day, you see how one slice of bread can derail you easily. 15 grams of carbs in a slice of bread, in a cup of rice, and rice is something we love in this region, stew peas and rice, curry goat and rice, oxtail and rice, Sunday dinner baked chicken with rice and peas, rice, listen up good, 45 grams of carbs in a cup of rice, rice was one of the first things I ditched, right?, Irish potato, a medium Irish potato, 26 grams of carbs. Green banana. If you cut up a green banana and put the pieces in a cup, one cup of green banana, thirty-five grams of carbs. Um yam. A half cup of yam like a yellow yam. One hundred grams of carbs. You see what is happening? You see why you can't lose weight? You think that by eating ground provision, um, you're better off. But the bottom line is, we, we still eat way too much or portions of the ground provisions in any one meal. It's too much, people. Face it. Right. By the time you put a piece of yam, two green bananas, a fried dumpling, you're gone like five, six times. The recommended amount of carbs for weight loss. Your body is going to try and burn those carbs first before it tries to burn the fat that you want to get rid of. Your body is not efficient at burning those carbs. You're going to have elevated blood sugar levels. You're going to have elevated insulin levels. And you are not going to lose weight. Is a light turning on? I hope a light is turning on. You know, Let's go again. Breadfruit. One cup of breadfruit, 60 grams of carbs. Mango, 25 grams of carbs in a cup of mango pieces. Sweet potato, 20 grams of carbs in half a cup of sweet potato. Are you seeing what are you seeing? I haven't even touched grams of carbs in sugary beverages and in sweets, right? Because sugar should be one of the first things to go. If you're trying to lose weight, you know that it's not fat. Hell, you've been eating, you've been drinking low fat milk. You've been eating low fat yogurt. You've been having whole grain cereals, right? With low fat milk for breakfast and three pieces of fruit. And you are not losing an ounce. How could you lose an ounce? You know, understand insulin resistance and its impact on obesity, how can you lose? Look here, all these low-fat products. When food manufacturers extract the fat from the products, they have to replace it with something, you know, to maintain mouthfeel and taste. Do you know what they replace it with? Starches and sugars. You will not lose weight if you continue to eat low-fat low, low fat. and so-called whole-grain cereals, which are not really whole-grain either, which are full of carbs. You want fiber? You, you really want fiber? Eat green leafy vegetables. Ditch those whole grain breakfast cereals. You're getting too much sugar and things that your body don't need. Cook some calleloo. Cook down some callaloo with a little butter or coconut milk. You get everything you need and more. Yeah, the cereal is convenient. The cereal is killing you too. I'm not not prettying it up. The cereal is killing you. So I want you to think about what you have been doing and then ask yourself the question, how has that been working for you? This is a question I get to. So Kelly, how about eating a little of everything? Try it now. Eat a little of everything. Eat a half a piece of yam, eat a half a finger banana, eat a half a fried dumpling and tell me if that works for you. It does not work because you can't do that. You can't keep it up. Remember what I told you about the high insulin levels and your appetite and your feeling of fullness and your off switch? You cannot, you might be able to do that for one meal, maybe three, maybe five meals, but you cannot keep that up as your standard operating procedure because eating carbs when you are insulin resistant and you are likely insulin resistant, if you're overweight, triggers a a chain reaction in your body, which makes it difficult for you to turn off this balanced meal nonsense. By the way, I have a whole post that I'm going to do on the notion of the balanced meal. But let me just interject here to tell you. Do you know that this so called balanced meal notion that we've been sold is founded on zero science? There are no scientific studies to back that up. It is the product of politics, of selfish professional motives, and it's a fascinating story that Nina covers extremely well in her book that I mentioned earlier in this podcast, The Big Fat Surprise. But suffice it to say, this notion of a balanced meal is founded on zero science. Carbohydrate, as it turns out, even though we've been told from birth that carbohydrates are go foods, you need carbohydrates for energy, nonsense. They are the only non-essential nutrient. What do I mean by non-essential? They are non-essential because everything we get from carbohydrates, we can get from other food groups. And the other food groups like the fats and the proteins provide nutrients that you can't get from anywhere else and that the body cannot make for itself. Do you know that the body produces its own glucose? There is no need to eat eat to take from what we call exogenous sources to produce glucose to power your brain and the other activities in your body. There is a process in the body called gluconeogenesis that actually produces any glucose that the body needs from protein that we consume. And it is so, it is sinful that we have been fed this lie that carbohydrates are essential, one, That we need our meals to comprise at least 50% of carbs in the form of whole grains and sugars and so on for energy. Rubbish. We don't need that. Mash down that light. It has zero foundation in science. And you're better off getting your burning fat for energy. Um, And you know, there are many studies that you can read and you can dissect for yourself. But one of the greatest things for me has been my own experience as a fat burner compared to a sugar or glucose burner for energy. As a fat burner for energy, I have lost weight. Uh, my other conditions, as I mentioned, have cleared up my PCOS, my acne Better control, still not under control. Yeah, even at 50, I still have adult acne. Um, my asthma, I sleep better, and as my moods my god, the second biggest thing for me, other than losing weight, is the fact that my head is so clear, the brain fog is gone, and my moods are so much more stable and clear, right? So Think about it. I, I don't really need to see no studies to tell me that as a fat burner, I, Kelly, I'm in a better place than when I was a sugar burner. I'm in a better place. So if you are like me, in that you have you have difficulty controlling your appetite, you crave carbs, rice was like my crack, right? Um. Then maybe, just maybe, Cutting carbs from your diet may work for you. I have been documenting my journey on my blog at kellycatherine.com. One word, K-E-L-L-Y-K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N. Write it down, please. Because I'm going to point you to this blog post, to this blog, after I finish this podcast. Because there are some things, a picture says more than a thousand words. I'm going to put up two photo albums on my blog, specifically linked to this podcast, where you can see my before and during pictures. I'm not at the after stage yet, but the pictures are worth having a look at. Trust me on that. And I wanted to see some of the food that I've been eating. Um, if you are like me, difficulty in losing weight and controlling appetites, Maybe having a a little understanding of the science behind cutting carbs and understanding our typical Caribbean type diet with all the rice and the ground provision and so on and understanding the carb counts in those, maybe now you will be better able to make some choices that can support your goal, your goal of wanting to lose weight, your goal of wanting to reclaim your health from diabetes and from arthritis and so on. So I invite you to visit Kellycatherine.com and look at the photo albums that I have shared there with my before and during pictures. Yeah, I don't weigh. So I can't sit here and tell you I've lost 60 pounds in the last 19 months because I really don't know for sure. I don't weigh because I will become obsessed with the numbers and the scale going up and down and I've been there done that not about to become a slave to the scale again. I use my clothes, I use pictures, and I listen very carefully to my body. I'm more in tune with my body since cutting out the nonsense that happens with my insulin metabolism when I eat carbs. I actually hear my body and feel my body and I am aligned. It is such a great feeling to be aligned rather than the mindless eating and the lack of control that I felt when I ate carbs, right? So what do we eat? From time to time, I eat low-carb breads and treats that I make with almond flour and coconut flour, which are low-carb. They're not from grains, right? I eat a lot of vegetables. What kind of vegetables? It doesn't have to be the broccoli and the cauliflower and the zucchini and all the other vegetables that you see in so many of the recipes that come from North America. Yeah, we have those vegetables in in the Caribbean, but they're typically more expensive and not as widely available as the vegetables that we know and love here in the Caribbean. So I cook with a lot of callaloo and cabbage, and okra, and chocho, you call it christophine in, in the Eastern Caribbean, cucumber, turnips, right? I, I do I add cheese and dairy to the vegetables, because remember, we're not afraid of fat. We're not afraid of fat. Fat has been demonized, and we have cut fat out of our diet to our detriment. Now not all fats are equal. I absolutely do not consume trans fats, margarine, vegetable, refined vegetable oils. Hell no, that's poison, right? And that's a subject for another podcast. But I eat health avocados, which we call pear, pear in Jamaica, ripe pear, pear, nuts, olive oil, coconut oil, cold pressed coconut oil, eggs, We have some great locally made products here in Jamaica. There's a 100% pork sausage. That's delicious. There are no fillers. There are no preservatives. Um, Another company makes a delicious heavy cream made from 100% Jamaican cow's milk. And I put that heavy cream in my dishes. I use coconut milk. I use coconut oil, a cold-pressed coconut oil. And I still enjoy people. I still make my curry goat, you know. I still make my oxtail. I make my baked chicken. I make curry chicken, steamed fish, escovitch fish, right? I just don't have it with the festival or the bami or the dumpling or the bread or the yam or the breadfruit. For what? I have it with kalaloo. I have it with stir-fried cabbage. I have it with chocha and cheese sauce. I have it with a veggie casserole, a little pumpkin, a little piece of pumpkin. a to stir fry, make salad with pear and cucumber and tomato and onion, put vinegar on it and olive oil. I sound deprived to you. You should see my face when I'm talking about this food. I tell you I love food. I love food. And I I know that I've been able to be consistent on this low carb way of eating for 19 months because I'm in no way deprived. Right? And yes, I use low-carb sugars like stevia. I stay away from Splendor and Equal, that's chemical poison. Um and I make I make treats that I enjoy every now and then, one once a week at most. Right? I no longer sweeten my coffee. I've changed and retrained my taste buds so that I don't need sweet so much anymore, you know, because the craving for sugar is an addiction, you know. It's an addiction. You are not weak. You are not greedy. You are not powerless. You are in the clutches of a very real physiological chain of reactions that's happening in your body in response to sugar. And the way to break free of that cycle is to stop eating the sugar, stop eating the carbs, reset your body, become a fat burner, and you see those cravings and that helplessness in the face of sugar break away from you. So I'm saying all of this to say, keto might be all over the news. It might be marketed as a North American phenomenon. Um, and you might be quick to dismiss it as a North American fad. Well, I'm. I have been doing it for 19 months. I have benefited, and I invite you to try it. If your if your story parallels mine, why not try it for 30 days? That's how I started. You know, so I going to give this 30 days. I also invite you to. See for yourself that I am not an outlier or an extraordinary event. Like I said at the beginning, there is a small but growing community of us right here in the Caribbean and in the Caribbean diaspora who are doing it. I have a small group on Facebook, small but growing, called the Caribbean Keto Tribe and you're invited you get great support because when you're trying to change habits, which is what we're trying to do, we have grown up eating curry goat and rice all our life. What the hell are you going to eat it with? I eat escovitch fish and bami. What are you going to eat it with if I cut out the rice and cut out the bami? Well, I eat escovitch fish by itself. <laughs> I eat curry goat with cauliflower rice and the rest of people in my, in the Caribbean Keto Tribe group, they have come up with some of the most fabulous recipes. I've seen saltfish fritters made with coconut flour. I've seen tabouleh made with cauliflower rice. I've seen mac and cheese made with cauliflower and cheese and put together with stew chicken, Jamaica style. Um, ham, oxtail. I make a lovely mashed cauliflower with butter and cream cheese and I have that with roast beef how could I miss roast beef and Irish potato when I finish eating a meal like that I feel full but not stuffed I make pizza with almond flour and mozzarella cheese and I tell you this this pizza dough it's called fathead dough in the low-carb community it's one of those things that tastes better than the real thing. You are left with none of the bloat that comes with eating refined flour and trans fats. It's filling. You feel your body. You feel full. You feel satisfied. And for me, very importantly, you feel delighted. Good food make me happy. Make me sing. And that's what we eat. Um, so... Again, I invite you to check out my blog at kellycatherine.com, K-E-L-L-Y-K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N.com. I'm going to put up two photo albums with my before and during pictures, so you can see what this Caribbean girl is doing about North American fad. No, we have a problem in the region. We eat too much starch. We eat too much carbs. We have too much diabetes and obesity. We drink too much sugar. And there's a small and growing group of us who are reclaiming our health. And we're losing weight. And we're doing it while we are eating the yummiest food. Jerk pork. Eh? Jerk pork, jerk chicken, ackee. You know, ackee is low carb. I make a delicious ackee quiche. I enjoy ackee and saltfish. What I eat it with? Steam callaloo. Stir-fried cabbage. Maybe I make a quick mug bread with a little almond flour if I really feel for it. So yeah, I can go on and on about the food that I eat. But I just wanted, wanted to show you that it is possible to take control. Even right here in the Caribbean, even though you love your curry goat and your stew chicken and your jerk pork, you can eat those foods You can cut carbs and you can still be absolutely satisfied with your food choices and reclaim your health and lose weight. Um, I look forward to talking with you again some more about keto, Caribbean style, because that's how we're doing it. Keto, Caribbean style, that's how we rock it. Let me know your thoughts. Are you doing it? Are you a Caribbean person living in the Caribbean or elsewhere and you're doing keto successfully hit me up tell me what you're eating join the caribbean keto tribe post pictures of your befores and afters your befores and durings and the food you're eating we want to know we're here to learn we want to learn new ways of using our caribbean vegetables to enjoy eating right say no to deprivation And let's rock keto, rock low carb Caribbean style.